Welcome to the Contractor Success Map Podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Hart, and I'm an expert on how you can get the most out of your contracting company. The reason I designed this show is to help you turn your contracting company from a people-dependent money pit into a process-dependent cash cow to have the freedom you dreamed of when you start your business. Every Friday, we're releasing podcasts with information to help you get the most out of your contracting company. Be sure to join us at www.contractorsuccessmap.com and subscribe to receive our latest articles and special offers. And the best part, it's all free, just for you.
and stay tuned for upcoming episodes on how to turn your contracting company into a process-dependent cash cow. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Contractor Success Map. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star rating and review here on iTunes, and make sure to head over to www.contractorsuccessmap.com to subscribe to receive the latest articles and special offers. If you'd like to discuss your business strategy, simply click on the button labeled Strategy Session. And the best part, it's all free, just for you. This podcast is episode number 107, and it will be about contractors who babysit their bookkeeping department. Did you hire a bookkeeper for your construction company, and now you feel like you're in an adult daycare center? You're not alone. Let me ask you a question. Is efficient bookkeeping difficult to achieve? Is your construction company underutilizing software? Do you have lack of confidence in your QuickBooks financial and job costing reports? Are you babysitting a bookkeeping department that is supposed to be saving you time and money, not causing you to multitask instead of focusing on things that make you money? Are you a $100 an hour producer being slowed down by a $15 an hour bookkeeper who has you told what to do over and over and over and over? You know the kind of people I'm talking about. Every day is a brand new day. Um, we've hired and discharged uh, dozens if not hundreds probably close to the hundreds now at this point in time of bookkeepers who I was amazed every day was a brand new day and they managed to forget everything you did before here's the problem when construction is booming it's hard to find a good bookkeeper who knows what to do and will do it and it's next to impossible to find someone who is skilled in construction accounting because construction accounting is about 10 times harder than regular bookkeeping. Here's the, the rub. Anybody can be a bookkeeper if QuickBooks setup is done properly for construction, then 95% of the work is simple. Only 5% is complex and can cause your bookkeeper to panic. And the complex things are like work in process, uh, retention, uh, job deposits, allocating job deposits, that sort of thing. Uh, and a lot more than that. Is it an item? Is it an account? Those are the kind of things that cause the bookkeeper to panic. Not putting in the fuel and and going to lunch and putting those kind of transactions in and buying rigor material and office supplies, um, paying utilities, pretty simple stuff. It's all that cost of goods sold. Is it a cost of goods sold? Is it an expense? Is it an overhead? Is it a bank? Um, those are the things that cause them to panic. Now, if a regular bookkeeper did your QuickBooks setup for your construction company or your contracting company or your handyman company, and they're untrained in the nuances of construction accounting, or if QuickBooks setup was done using the templates built in the QuickBooks, and I just get the biggest kick out of those. Those templates that are inside your QuickBooks um, when you buy the box, they're put together by a committee. And 
most of you know what a committee is. Um, a camel is a horse put together by a committee. It's great for some of the software, but it's totally worthless for running a business. Other than running on the ground. Or if it's put together by a regular bookkeeper, doing it the way they were taught to do it in school. And I was guilty of that. When I got out of college in 1976, and I was happy as a clam, with my degree in accounting, life is good, watch my smoke, um, I spent the first couple, three months doing bookkeeping for contractors and builders the way I was taught in school. It did not end well. Um, again, this is the 70s. It's a whole different time than it is today. Men were a little bit, um, let's just say, more rough and tumble in how they explained themselves. And one particular house builder did not care for the way that I was doing the, the bookkeeping for his contracting company is because nothing was into the asset. It was all um, cogs. He got a little upset and he made a couple of um, disparaging remarks. Apparently he thought he was a, um, what's that word? He thought he was a genealogist. So he began to describe some of my ancestors and their, um, shall we say, meeting habits, which led for us to go outside in the parking lot and get a little fresh air. And I proceeded, now understand, I was in my 20s and I grew up in construction families. So I was a pretty tough customer. My 20s, good shape, about 245, solid muscle. And this old contractor guy, he's in his 50s. Well, let me just say, there's a phrase I like to use, old age and treachery overcomes youth and skill. Um, I basically banged on his fist with my nose. I thumped his knee with my chest. And I proceeded to pummel his fist with my face. And after about 15 minutes of that, and I'm all bruised and bloodied and dirty and nasty and fell over many times, and he hardly had a scratch, we went back inside the office, and I straightened my tie up a little bit, and we had a nice little chat. We became really good friends, because what happened was, this old guy in his 50s, don't you love it, and I'm, <laughs> I'm in my late 50s right now, but this old guy actually gave me some really good insights on construction accounting, and I went forward and began to do a lot of research, and that was how I became interesting construction accounting is totally different than regular accounting. If you'd like to learn a bit about that, I invite you to visit www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash HS. You can download a whole book there about the difference in regular accounting and construction accounting. So I want to say that I know these are harsh words um, because if your bookkeeper did the QuickBooks setup, your construction company is doomed to die a slow and painful death. You'll never have the job cost reports that can show you exactly where you're making and losing money. And, and again, I know those are harsh words and I apologize for them. However, if I can keep one more contractor in business, regardless of whether or not you ever hire our services, it would be worth it. I love contractors, I love construction. I'm going to talk to you briefly about what I call the most important law in business. It's the 80-20 rule. And basically, it says 8 out of 10 hours you work add very little cash and profit to your business. This is in most companies. Minor changes in reporting and cash and profit with less... I'm sorry, I'll start that one over. Minor changes in reporting can add cash and profit with less time and effort. And the key, the real key is your QuickBooks properly set up and maintained 
can get the reports you need. Now, you could hire a certified public accountant, a CPA, and I love CPAs. I am not a CPA, and there's a reason for that. But you could hire a CPA, and the difference between a CPA and a bookkeeper is real simple. The CPA is the only person who can certify your financial statements for your bonding company in the bank, and the only person who, who is allowed to what's called audit the books. That's the two things that CPA can do that nobody else can. So you could hire a certified public accountant, CPA, to be your in-house contractor bookkeeping services provider. However, just know that CPAs are agents of the IRS, just like lawyers are officers of the court, and you can create more problems than you solve. In fact, I know for a fact that some CPA firms make a lot of money turning contractors into the IRS at the uh, IRS tax board tax whistleblower site that's one of the reasons we are not CPAs we don't turn people in the IRS just a quick caveat if you've got some tax problems got some issues and you come to us we're gonna review it and let's say that you know it happens contractors sort of you know fall off the rails they they get a little confused things happen and 99.9% of the cases we can help you get on the straight and narrow Part of the process, obviously, is if you have some potential tax issues that could cause you grief, then we'll set the QuickBooks, we'll get everything all lined up, get a little ducks in a row, and then we'll help you put, in, in, put you in contact with one of our CPA friends who can then act as your liaison between you and the IRS. Um, I'm not a big fan of paying taxes, but I am a big fan of a, of a man many years ago who walked the earth who said give to Caesar what is Caesar's so not a big fan of paying taxes I'm a big fan of following the rule of law and if you're in a tax problem chances are we can help you we get the book spread away we get you to a CPA who then will do a um, contact the IRS on your behalf and IRS if they're contacted by a CPA who's working the bookkeeper and a contractor who wants to get the straight and narrow, by golly, they are wonderful. I know that's hard to believe, but trust me, I don't use that lightly. They are wonderful. The IRS wants to help you stay in business because a contractor in business making a lot of money pays a lot of taxes. A contractor not in business pays no taxes. Enough said. Well, if you insist on having an in-house bookkeeper, even if you're the bookkeeper yourself, I suggest you invest some serious time and money acquiring tools and equipment to do the job right. I have outlined two steps, the first two steps, help you achieve that goal. These are the two, two of the steps in our extensive bookkeeping services system that we do in our contractors bookkeeping services office here in Linwood, Washington. And we serve con- contractors all across the USA, Alaska, and Hawaii. So, step one. Dr. W. Edward Deming, read and get a feel for Dr. W. Edward Deming's 14 points. Now, he is focused mostly on manufacturing. However, we have successfully implemented several of his ideas into our own construction companies in the past. We have sold them for the last one, 2000. And we teach proactive contractors just like you, contractors, handymen, home builders, how to implement some of these concepts from Dr. Deming in your contracting company today. 
Now, the key with Dr. Deming, the 14 points seem at first to be kind of a, a rag bag of radical ideas. But the key to understanding the number of them lies in Deming's thoughts about variation. Variation was seen by Deming as the disease that threatened U.S. manufacturing, in our case, U.S. contracting. The more variation in delivery times and prices and work practices, the more waste, he reasoned. And so in this premise, he set out the 14 points for management, which I'm just going to paraphrase briefly. Number one, create consistency of purpose toward improvement. Replace short-term reaction with long-term planning. That's key. Consistency of purpose. Planning. Number two, adopt a new philosophy. The implication that management should actually adopt his philosophy rather than expect the workforce to do so. It's up to management to adopt the philosophy. The workers will follow. Number three, cease dependency on inspection. If variation is reduced, there's no need to inspect manufactured items or built projects or defects because there won't be any. Now, the exception, of course, is a lot of contractors. Um, we're under the rules of law. Again, we have to hire an, ins- have an inspector come in and inspect the work. And please keep doing that. Don't ever not do that. Just generally, if the variation is reduced, there's no need for you spend an enormous amount of time inspecting for defects because there won't be any. Number four, move toward a single supplier for any one item. Multiple suppliers mean variation between feedstocks. So, in our case, one of our last businesses was in plumbing. And we found by identifying a single source supplier, we happened to use a place called Color Supply here in Seattle and Northwest. So I talked to my sales rep at Color Supply and said, look, I'm going to give you the lion's share of our business. If you have it in stock, I'm going to buy it from you guys. I cannot tell you how much money that made and saved us just having single source suppliers. So we moved towards single source suppliers for as many items as possible. I did not waste my time and energy trying to beat your way up for price. And in the long run, it worked out marvelously. We got good prices, got discounts, tremendous service. Um, they even opened up the warehouse once or twice after hours. We definitely needed something. I can't tell you what, how important it is to have a single supplier for every item. Number five, improve constantly and forever. Constantly strive to reduce variation with working on your processes and procedures. Number six, institute training the job. If people are actually trained, they will not work the same way and that will induce variation. Institute leadership, not management. Deming makes a distinction between leadership and supervision. The latter is quota and target base and a total waste of time. Number eight, this one is so important in construction. Drive out fear. Deming sees management by fear as counterproductive in the long run because it prevents workers from acting in the organization's best interest. They, if, an, if a worker is afraid, they'll act in their own interest and they'll freeze up. Drive out fear. Number nine, break down barriers in departments. This is another idea. Um, central to an, an old thing called the TQM, Totally Quality Management, which has had some issues. It's got a lot of good parts and some bad parts. You just understand how that works. It's no different than a backhoe. A backhoe works just fine in the hands of a qualified operator. In the hands of a sponge who's not qualified like me, it's I use it to find hidden underground utilities and I rip them out and cost me a lot of money. So, the concept of the internal client that each department serves not management because the other departments use their outputs so 
the underground people serve the paving people. The paving people serve so that the sidewalks, curbs, and gutters can go in. They serve so that the lots can be sold to the builders. The builders build a building so that the customer who's the end user. So break down those barriers in the apartments. Eliminate slogans. It's people who make it, it's it's not the people who make the most mistakes. It's the process they're working within. Harassing the workforce without improving their processes and equipment they use is counterproductive. Number eleven, eliminate management by objectives. Dimming some production targets is increasing the delivery of poor quality products because had to get the product out. Um, I recall a long time ago in the seventies, a particular paying contractor went bankrupt, and I I tried to chat with him and said, "Look, the problem is you are having your painters work so hard." And he says, "I tell the painters." In order to make me any money, they need to make that brush fly. Well, that brush flied, all right. Had a lot of overspray, a lot of over uh, brushing. Over a period of time, they achieved their objective of production, but they did go bankrupt because the warranty work was horrendous, which led to uh, less repeat customers. And there's a vicious cycle. Number 12, remove barriers to prior workmanship. Many of the problems outlined reduce worker satisfaction. Believe it or not, there are plenty of willing workers out there and they get a lot of satisfaction out of their work. Number 13, Institute Education and Self-Improvement. Number 14, the most important is transformation is everybody's job. Now that's the, that's the 14 steps from Deming and that's step one that I'm identifying here. That's kind of the first thing that we do here in our business. We use Deming as a model. You also use Covey and a whole bunch of other people. I'm going to cover two steps. So step one is the Deming approach. Step two, hire professional construction bookkeepers. Now, what is a professional construction bookkeeper? That is someone who's invested a minimum, a minimum of 10,000 hours to a master construction accounting after having spent 10,000 hours or roughly five years mastering accounting. So it's like a general practitioner, a doctor, and then the surgeon or the specialist who goes on additional training. The professional construction bookkeeper continues, they continue practicing learning and growing their knowledge and skills. They arrive on time and leave on time. They greet your customers and clients with a smile. The understandard job description is to serve your customers. Bless your heart, not you, your customers. They do care about you as a person though. They care about your company. Because your company is part of what they've hitched their wagon to. They care about your staff. They care about your suppliers. They are cheerful, thinking, responsible adults. Keyword, adults. Not drama queens. They focus on their job while they're at work. They leave home issues at home and work issues at work. They continually learn new skill sets because they take pride in their work. They embrace processes and procedures that allow everyone to succeed. They provide, I'm sorry, they produce reliable financial and job cost reports that you can use. They take a lunch break with your office to recharge your minds and bodies. They don't take a lunch break at their desk. If you have someone taking a lunch break at your desk, at their desk, they're not saving you time. It's costing you time. It's costing you money. You just don't know it. They need to recharge the mind and body. They take reasonable breaks during the day to clear the mind. They are first and foremost 
team players working to maintain the integrity of your QuickBooks. Now, the question that we get asked a lot is, we've got great professional construction bookkeepers. How do you find them? Well, I'm going to give you some basic secrets. It's real simple. Number one is pay them a living wage with benefits. The next thing that I do is provide air conditioning in the summer and heat in the winter. I cannot tell you how many times I've been across other construction companies and I see that the bookkeeper is in either a, a tin uh, room of some sort, like a shop, it's all tin, so it's, it's freezing in the summer and it's boiling in the winter. I asked the contractor why she said block off a section put in an air conditioner. A window air conditioner. What? That costs money. I'm saying, buddy, if you knew what the cost of 10 minutes waste cost your company, you'd do it in a heartbeat. Also, the next thing you got to do is provide company paid training to continually update their skills. I've got news for you. Most of them will not update their skills unless they're paid to do so. It's that rare individual who will spend time at, after work at home an hour a day reading and learning and sharpening your skills. Now, next for the bookkeeper, bookkeeping is intense. Do not expect them to answer the phone and multitask. If you expect your bookkeeper to answer the phone and multitask, you're destroyed all the good you're trying to accomplish. Good lighting in their office and the building in general. Good lighting, very important. Um, I suggest you have a kitchenette, you know, sink, fridge, and put some free beverages, some snacks, or frozen foods in a microwave. Yes, that costs money. And yes, I have study after study that has shown that if you provide some beverages, hot and cold beverages, coffee, tea, hot chocolate, um, water, soda pop, some pretzels, some uh, energy bars, some Cheetos, all kinds of snacks, and a few frozen foods, like some frozen burritos and, and that sort of thing little quick snack frozen foods and a microwave they they get hungry they'll eat their metabolism comes up and the production way more than pays for the cost and you need to have a library of online knowledge base available to your qualified bookkeepers you can pay for those databases you can pay for services the last thing i want to suggest they need lots of room to spread out in paper and assorted files give them a nice big office they need it and we used to, up until about six months ago, this podcast is in um, April of 2015, but up until about, I think it was uh, November, December of 2014, we had, all the bookkeepers had two screens, and they were two 23-inch uh, screens, monitors for the computer. We now use a minimum of three 42-inch monitors. Yeah, did it cost money? Absolutely, it cost money. And we get custom-built computers. And the computers run about three grand a pop. And we can put up to six monitors. Do I like to spend money? Absolutely not. I'm an accountant. I don't like spending money. Do I like to invest money? Yes, I do. So I know for a fact that in research, spend three grand or more for a custom-built computer and spend another two grand for some monitors and other equipment you're going to spend five, six grand. The best money you'll ever spend. Now, contrast that with a bookkeeper who has a little 19-inch screen they can barely see and they're squinting and they're trying to get stuff in. With three monitors, they can have their Outlook open. They can put a PDF file on their screen. 
they can put an Excel screen uh, file and they have QuickBooks and screen by itself. It is not a luxury. It's what it takes to survive and thrive. There's a reason why we don't carry a pocket full of quarters and use pay phones. Are cell phones expensive? Yes, they are. Why do we have them? They save us time and money. Finally, your bookkeepers need a private office with a door so they can work in quiet and think. Very important. They need to be able to work in quiet and think. And they also need a monitor. Uh, I'm sorry, not a monitor, but a, um, a scanner. Finally, provide them a 24-7 technicians who are English-speaking and U.S.-based phone support. Understand and implement as much as the following. The Deming's 14 Points, the Covey's 7 Habits, and the book Good to Be Great. And there are some other books we have recommended reading on our website at www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash RR, which stands for Recommended Reading. Well, this podcast helps you understand that outsourcing your contractor's bookkeeping services to us is more than just about doing the bookkeeping. That's if you want to outsource it. If you don't outsource it, you don't have to. We use the process because we take a holistic approach to your entire construction company and help support you as a contractor and as a person. Please understand, we, uh, we know, we understand the good, the bad, and the ugly about owning and operating construction companies because we've had several of them, been very successful at them, and we sincerely care about you and your construction company. So this is not just academic. Um, myself, I, I still maintain my Junior Plumber's License, Washington State. I've had it since 1981. I have several other certifications, um, PMP, and I have more degrees in thermometer. But that doesn't matter. What does matter is what can we do for you? Well, that's all I have to now. If you've listened this far, please do me the honor of commenting and reading our podcast at whatever uh, medium you're listening to it on. We sincerely believe, as a contractor, you deserve to be wealthy. Why? It's very simple. You bring value to other people's lives. This is one more example of how Fast Easy County is helping construction company owners all across the USA, including Alaska and Hawaii, put more money in the bank to operate and grow your construction company. Construction accounting is not rocket science. It's a lot harder than that and a lot more valuable to you. If you'd like to learn what makes construction accounting different from regular accounting, please visit www fast easy accounting forward slash c a and please feel free to call sherry at 206-361-3950 or send her an email s-h-a-r-i-e at fasteasyaccounting.com that's s-h-a-r-i-e at fasteasyaccounting.com Phone number, one more time, is 206-361-3950. And schedule your no-charge one-hour consultation. Because whether or not you ever hire us, just an hour on the phone with Sherry can be an immense help to your business. Um, Incidentally, Sherry is my uh, business partner, best friend, and wife. And she's been, we've been together for over 40 years. So she married a contractor. She's working in construction. That little girl can really knows what she's talking about and can really be a big help to you. I just state for the record that profitable contractors, construction owners, and handymen 
like you have known about the value of outsourced bookkeeping services and contracted coaching services like ours for a long time, and I know about it too. Just a quick uh, side note, if you're thinking about outsourcing your construction, your contracted bookkeeping services, I invite you to download a guide to find the right contracted bookkeeping services to fit your particular situation at www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash HS. Now, with love in my heart and total respect, I want to caution you that we may or may not be a good fit for your contracting company or your handyman company or your billing company or your land development company. But this guide will help you learn what to look for in outsourced construction accounting. I want to thank you very much. I hope you understand we really do care about you and all contractors, regardless of whether or not you ever hire our services. Bye for now. It's on the next episode here in the Contractor Success Map Podcast where we remove contractors' unique paperwork frustrations.